Welcome to the Independent Practice Podcast, where each week we'll discuss ideas from recognized healthcare leaders and medical professionals for the independent medical practice. We'll tackle the technologies, regulations, best practices, and gain expert proven advice from industry leaders. Topics relating to revenue management, practice marketing, efficient office visits, telehealth, COVID-19, coding and regulatory issues, as well as navigating the new normal. If you're working in primary care, podiatry, or pediatrics, or any other independent practice environment, tune in, give feedback, or be a guest on the show. Now on to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Today we're joined again by Ajit Wish for Nothing. Ajit is CEO of Doctable. Welcome to the podcast, Ajit. Thanks a lot, Chris. So, you know, we've had you on before and we've talked about patient engagement, um, you know, and, and what Doctable brings to the table in that environment. Let's just recap on what we've seen in the last few months happening in, you know, the space that, you know, is worth talking about. Uh, That's an excellent question, Chris. I think what we have seen in the last few months, especially as people have got used to working in this, in this, in this times of pandemic, has this been an explosion of the digitization of communication between practices and patients. And, you know, this is not just all about uh, efficiencies in the practice level, which of course there's many from, from the adoption of these tools, but it's also the convenience that patients have really accelerated in terms of their adoption, uh, which we're really surprised by. I think um, what the last few months has done is really accelerate uh, adoption of these many different software tools, uh, which we thought would take, you know, a few months, if not a few years down the line, but what we are seeing is that they're kind of forced to make this change, both from a patient and the practice front. So there's a there's a lot to talk about, you know, about what happened in the last 12 months, specifically from a workflow and a communication standpoint with these practices. With all those changes, you know, the things that have happened, how have providers responded? Yeah, I mean, any change, you know, is not ideal, right? I mean, we, we, we can sit back and think that technology is something that's going to be the, you know, the best thing that can really help them. but it's still a change, right? And these are folks who are adapting to business level changes. They're adapting to operational changes. So uh, we can't uh, kind of forego those those changes that are coming through. But what we have seen, especially after the initial little, you know, we had the early adopters who came in who really took took these solutions and ran with it. But then once you come into the, the big majority of folks who came on, there, there's a little bit of a learning curve for them. Right? They're having to switch, for example, from phone calls to texting. Um, they have to switch, for example, from paper-based forms to uh, digital forms. And so all of these represent, as much as there's an efficiency change, it represents a change and having to learn something new. So when we talk about our providers, you know, it, it, it may not have been a smooth sailing right from day one, but what we have definitely seen is that in the last few months, as they, got, as they got comfortable, and that's where it's our job, especially on NextGen and Docwell, is to build software that is usable. Uh, you know, if we make it laborious for them to make it super hard to digest and grasp and train their staff members, obviously we're adding to the pain. And so what we want to continue building out is that user experience layer so that the provider adoption is fairly seamless once they've gone past the operational changes that are needed. Maybe we should back up a minute, but and just clarify, but why is staying engaged with patients so important, especially you know, right now? Yeah, you know, this This is probably not just, uh, you know, a post-COVID era that, you know, this question that you're asking applies. You know, this was the direction that the industry is just going 
regardless, it just got accelerated in the last few months. So why is patient engagement so essential? You know, any person who's listening to this podcast might be saying, look, we're fine right now. You know, we, we have pretty well-trained staff. They're making phone calls. It works right now. And I always tell, you know, our clients who, who I get to talk to is, that's great, right? It's great that you built the operation to help you support there, but we're not worried about what happens today. What we want to make sure is that you're best in class in terms of like the market trends three, five years from now. And by that time, the patient demographic would have definitely changed and morphed into a patient who, who wants things a little bit more on demand. I mean, if you look at directionally where, you know, if you look at patients and consumers, the behavior is switching towards the immediacy of things, right? I mean, they, they go to Netflix, they want to watch a movie right away and binge the entire season when they order on Amazon. Well, they want something next day as opposed to three, four days from now. Well, healthcare is not going to be any different. You know, if they want to ask a question to the provider, they want that urgency and the immediacy with which they can reach out to their practice and the provider. And absence to do that is going to hurt you in the long run, right? As, as especially when there are other practices that are starting to adopt these digital technologies, they're going to be the forefront, right? This is not just about communication. It's about convenience. It's about making sure that, you know, what are some things that really um, make sure that the patient's experience is not that optimal? Well, it's things like long wait times. It's long phone calls, back and forth between the practice and the patients. It's about, you know, once you walk into the practice, you have like this three-page online form that you fill have to fill out, right? And so all of these introduce elements of pain. And so when we talk about patient engagement, like I mentioned, it's not about if everything's going fine right now. What we really want to focus on is this journey that you're being on for the next three to five years. And technology, I'll tell you, has greatly changed in these last few years. And that's the reason why you want to be on the forefront of patient engagement. With it being so important to a practice and, and being vital as a way to communicate, is it fair to say that a practice should have a patient engagement strategy in place? And if so, what would that look like? Absolutely. I think any practice who's listening to you know, the podcast or in general uh, should look at you know, their operational workflow. In fact, I recommend doing it every year, um, and especially now is a great time. I mean, we're, we're kicking off 2021 when it's already uh, February. I, ca I can't believe I'm saying that. But at the same time, uh, what you want to be able to do is evaluate what are some of the points where you want to look at three areas in your practice which affect your patient engagement. One is patient acquisition. How are you making sure that when a patient is discovering and finding you, is able to very easily find and be able to request an appointment? Second is all about internal efficiencies and communication. Once they have booked an appointment or they are due for an appointment, how's the communication back and forth happening between the staff and the patients? And the third is retention. Uh, you want to build a thriving practice. It's not always about just acquiring new patients. If you want to retain your existing patients, well, what are you doing to gather feedback from your patients after the visit? And so when you look at these three layers inside a practice, you have to look at, are we doing these things first, right? For example, um, are we just uh, hoping that when you're on your website for a practice, that the only option there is for a patient to reach out to the practice is to make a phone call, which is very common right now. Right. Go go to your own website and see if I'm at uh, it's at nine o'clock at night on a Saturday, and I come to your practice's website. What options do I as a patient have? Well, more than likely, the only option would be either a to make a call or b fill out a form 
which typically patients are not sure if, if it's gonna be responded to. Well, now picture this. Your practice can you know, show these options to your, uh, to your patients, which is one, of course you want them to call. Right? That's an uh, option that some folks may prefer. They may leave a voicemail, but what happens if there's online scheduling? Uh, a way for patients to request an appointment online at you know, nine o'clock at night. What happens if they can text right from the websites, you know, where you can say, hey folks, you can now text our landline phone number. And now certain patients might say, hey, you know what, let me just ask them if they have an appointment available. Or third, which is what if they had some sort of like a chat functionality, which can be powered through AI, which means that if a patient has a few questions in terms of, hey, what times are you open? Do you take Blue Cross? It can answer all of those basic questions and convert that appointment to, to a prospective patient. Well, think about all these tools are like a front desk for your website. So that's just on the acquisition front that I was talking about. So just like that, you need to look at what are my operations doing? You know, when a patient is about to book an appointment, uh, you know, it's also from your staff perspective, how many hours are they spending on your phone calls? Uh, how many voicemails are they leaving? How many voicemails are you folks getting? I think there should be a scorecard that you can use around these three categories and saying, look, if I can get reduce my number of phone calls by, let's just say 15%, well, will that allow your staff to now focus on more important tasks, such as working with your patients who are waiting in the room, such as billing tasks and other things that can be very beneficial to the practice. So that's the reason why I do recommend, as things are changing on a very fast-paced basis in technology world, definitely spend an hour or two every year evaluating your processes, your procedures, your technology, and you will see that there are areas of opportunity for sure to help implement inside your practice. I heard you mention a couple things that were kind of interesting to me, and you, you mentioned patients uh, a few times. There, there's clearly a benefit to patients through this. What role do they play in the patient engagement strategy you know, for, towards themselves, right? You know, and it, it really comes down to the reason why we call it patient engagement strategy. I mean, the, the patient is paramount in this process. Without their adoption, this whole process becomes a moot point. And what we want to make sure is that the patients are being provided with easy to use tools. Let me give you a very classic example. Um, you know, it was very challenging. For example, if you, if you send a patient a message, which then requires them to log into something. Right? If they're not aware of the login, it's going to be extremely hard for them to remember it, and there's going to be a huge drop-off rate. So you want to adopt technology that is native to the patient's existing behaviors. So if you, if you introduce change, well, that's become problematic for them, and then adoption falls. So that's very key to the patient engagement. So, for example, when you are sending appointment reminders, well, the thing is that if you want to make sure that you're using the mediums of their choice, if you're able to email them, if you're able to text them, well, let them prefer which options they want to get receive notifications from. But absence of us doing these kind of reminders, what ends up happening is we're putting the onus on the patient to remember that it's their time for an appointment. Now we could sit back and say, look, they're the ones who sought an appointment, so why should I have to worry and go out of the way to remind them the appointments? Well, but as a business owner, practice should evaluate what is the cost of a no-show, right? If a patient ends up becoming a no-show or a late show, how disruptive is it to your practice? How much time is your staff member spending trying to reach out to these patients? So I really think that you know, the foundation to patient engagement has to start with building tools and using software that really caters to that end user, which is your patient in this case, because if they are happy, 
You know, it's one thing, it's not only that they're coming to your practice, but they become your best referral sources, right? If they have a great experience, you know, healthcare is no longer that painful exercise of having to try to find a doctor, having to see uh, endless wait times. If they feel like, wow, I actually was able to go from the time of search, discovery, booking an appointment, and then showing up to the practice, all in a very seamless manner, they would be talking about your practice to their friends and family members, and that's what you want to be able to do. I'm sure, you know, on top of the convenience for the, the patient, you know, and the, the accessibility for the patient, there's also, there's clearly a benefit for the, the provider and, and the staff. What role does the staff play uh, and how does this tool, you know, this, this patient engagement strategy when implemented, how does that affect provider staffing? Yeah, I think staff is also extremely critical for implementation of any patient engagement strategy because at the end of the day, it's the staff who's actually adopting these technologies inside the practice. So if they are resistant to change because this adds more work to them, well, obviously this is not going to be a beneficial solution for them. So you want patient engagement solutions to have a very symbiotic effect for both patients and staff members. So in terms of like, how does it affect them and you know how does it affect staffing? Well, key number one, you know, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence, and of course, there's a lot of research done outside too, that when you introduce a patient engagement solution, such as Doctoral, uh, which really reduces the number of phone calls to remind patients, uh, being able to text patients, being able to get forms online, when you do all of those things, there's about two to three hours that gets saved on a daily basis over if you had no technology sitting in there. Well, now just ask yourself, what could your staff be doing with those two to three hours? Can they make sure that your billing paperwork all is processed much more faster? Can you make sure that we're able to check in patients a lot faster? So there's a much bigger accretive effect that comes into play than just the cost of the software. And you know, uh, for the folks who are listening, I always say this, technology is not meant to replace any staff members. It's meant to assist you to taking your experience to the next level. So will that save time? Absolutely. Will it free up your front stuff? Absolutely. But let's figure out how can we take that time savings and really apply it to things that can boost the patient experience or the practice's operation. And that's why I do think that you know, technology is not going to come and magically change because end of the day, you're dealing with people. It gets amplified by the fact that you're in healthcare because you want to go to your provider and doctor where you feel safe. And so when you're walking in and the staff is able to greet you and able to get you going faster, they feel like they're in a very protective shell as opposed to coming into a place where it's just like they have to come in and move out really fast. And that kind of like engagement disappears because they're the practice is supposed to see many patients an hour. And so that's the reason why we think that these technology tools can really help them guide. And now we're gonna talk about the virtual waiting room in just a bit, but these are kind of tools that can both offset some of those issues that arise both in the patient perspective and from a staff perspective. You know, Redoctable has launched a virtual waiting room. Why was there a need for that? Why is that so important? How is that gonna help practices? How does that for patient engagement? Yeah, I mean, our mission at Doctable is to help practices be efficient and profitable using technology. So anything that we build is built around those lens of, are we helping the practice be efficient or helping them increase the profitability? And so when the pandemic struck, you know, in March of last year, um, and after the first couple of months, as we were talking to our customers, you know, they kept time and again saying, 
that because of these changes, they're having to screen patients every day. And we ask them the question, so what does the screening process look like? And they're talking about how the day before they're having to call patients, they're having to ask them questions about symptoms, having to check the temperature that came in. And so this is all adding more work on an already burdened staff. And now what the biggest impact it had was practices had to see less number of patients to accommodate for these administrative procedures. And so the beauty of technology is a lot of these things can be done in an automated fashion. So we actually presented an option to many of our customers and saying, hey folks, here's something that we think could really be beneficial. Uh, what if we can automate the screening process the day before, ask the patients these questions, be able to find exception scenarios if someone does have symptoms, and also be able to very clearly tell the patient instructions. Hey, once you come outside uh, an hour before, please text here once you're in the parking lot. And so if we can design a workflow that ensures patient safety, but also gives a, the practice a very clean, easy to view dashboard to see exactly who passed, who failed, who's outside waiting in the parking lot, we ask them, would that impact the practice? And this is all on pen and paper initially, and all of the customers that we talked to said with a resounding, yes, we needed this yesterday, right? And so that's that's where technology can be designed very quickly. And so in a matter of six weeks, uh, we've, we've been able to not only develop, but launch it. And it's, this is there now in tens of practices out there in a matter of months. And what we really saw is, you know, it, this virtual waiting room takes care of majority of all the other administrative tasks that are taking place that is freeing up the practice time. And patients love it too, because the key advantage here is patients can now prefer waiting in their car as opposed to having to walk into the waiting room. And that's makes them feel a lot more safer. And that's the reason why this virtual waiting room has really been very beneficial for the customers who are using this right now. You're actually gonna be presenting a webinar with NextGen uh, in, in a couple of weeks on this topic, right? Um, can you tell me a little bit about what you're going to cover and what we're going to learn on that webinar? Absolutely. Uh, look, folks, I know patient engagement is a very broad topic. What we want to uh, focus on in the webinar in a couple of weeks is specifically around the virtual waiting room. Uh, what I want to show to you folks is how can an automated solution such as the virtual waiting room really help impact your operations? Uh, and you can then best determine if it's a fit for you folks or not. But the reason we picked that one is you know, we still know that, look, hopefully, fingers crossed, the caseloads start coming down uh, in the next few months, but we have to do our part and be safe. And so how can we help the staff and the patients during these times to help using, uh, you know, help using a solution such as the virtual waiting room to automate these processes? Now, we'll also touch upon some of the other important items around texting in healthcare, around, you know, intake forms. I realize that some of you folks might be thinking that, look, you know, we've, we've, we've been very effective using phone calls, but we want to show you some of the solutions, just how you can easily ask patients, for example, to send a picture of their insurance card. In a matter of seconds, your staff members can see, hey, here's an Aetna card, and nobody has to touch a physical insurance card. So tools like that can really be beneficial during this era of a touchless practice, right? I mean, you want to provide that safety. And so if there are ways you can do that, without ever having to physically interact with patients, I think that can be beneficial for both parties. So in this webinar, we're gonna cover some of these topics that we feel can really be effective for your practices in this current era. Well, I don't wanna to steal too much of the show and, and give too much away ahead of time. So 
Ajit, thank you for joining us today. Uh, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you. I learned so much about uh, patient engagement and, and what Doctable does. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to uh, educate us all. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chris. Thanks for listening to the Independent Practice Podcast. I've been your host, Chris Beckwith, with NextGen Healthcare. If you enjoyed this topic, click the link in the show notes and get more information. Or if you're interested in other solutions provided by NextGen, visit us at nextgen.com.